there's not a great difference between local evangelism and world evangelism, and our church members are actively involved in it all. Uh, now, I'm uh, glad for comments and creations, and I haven't got all the answers to this by any means, and I think it's a conversation worth having amongst ourselves because there's all kinds of tips we can give to each other as to what we've done. But just give me a, I'll give you a couple of background things, uh, three points, that, uh, two or three points that I think are universal and true, and then half a dozen different points of things that I've done which are not universal or true. Uh, they are true that I did them, but they may not be a truth for you particularly. Uh, the first universal, which is really... Terrific news and terrible news simultaneously. I think it's more terrible than terrific. Is that sheep always grow like shepherds? Whatever the shepherd is like, that's where the sheep will grow. And so it's like children. Uh, the children will grow up to be like the parents. And the worst thing is the children always imitate the worst characteristic of the parents, don't they? Uh, and you hear it in yourself and your children speaking. And the sheep will grow like the shepherd. Uh, and so if the shepherd is not into world mission, the sheep won't be into world mission. It's just one of those simple things. It's just an axiom, I believe, uh, that your heart, the longer you're there in the church, will become their heart. And so you've got to check your own heart as to how important it is for you uh, rather than worrying about why it isn't their heart because they will read your heart more accurately then possibly you read your own heart, which again, it's like the children, isn't it? Uh, they know us better than we know ourselves. Second point is, evangelicals evangelise. Uh, I have spent my life frustrated by the fact that people cannot distinguish between uh, evangelist, evangelise, evangelical, evangelicalism, and I've constantly been working at trying to get people, especially non-Christian journalists, to ever use the right word at the right time. But they are right to be confused about it because a non-evangelising evangelical is a non-evangelical. That's a contradiction in terms. And so if you're going to be evangelical, you are going to evangelise. Uh, you may not be Billy Graham. Uh, very few people have ever been a Billy Graham. But you will be an evangelist. You will be committed to other people's conversion. Uh, that is, the people who are unconcerned about the lost a prima first facie, the lost. Once you've been saved, you can no longer be unconcerned about the lost. That's, it's just a nonsense. And so, if the sheep grow like the shepherd, and you are an evangelical, they will grow like you, and wish to evangelise. It's just part of the normality of what is taking place. Therefore, missionary effort will be on your heart. And if it's on your heart, then it will be seen in the priorities of the pastoral decisions you make and the church decisions you make. I, I don't think, for example, now I'm moving to the second half of the talk early, I don't think, for example, that setting up a missionary committee isn't a particularly helpful thing any more than setting up an evangelism committee is a helpful thing because it's something everybody does, so they shouldn't have a subcommittee doing it. Now, I know we can get subcommittees to stimulate everybody to do it, but what I've seen over time is the missionary committee are the little group who are fanatically interested in missionary work, and the church no longer has to be interested because they're doing that for us, and the evangelism committee, they're doing that for us as well. There are certain things 
the building subcommittee, I think it's really good. The finance subcommittee, I think it's really good because I don't really want the whole church to be interested in the building or the subcommittee or the finances particularly. But mission, world mission, evangelism, that's not a subcommittee area. That's an every member area because that's what's on the pastor's hearts. So the priorities will be said, it'll be seen in your actions. If you never come to, I'm preaching the converted here, you can all feel self-righteous now. If you never come to CMS mission, then surprise, surprise, the congregation won't be here. But if you make this as your default summer place, then the congregation start coming because it's not just I'm saying summer school's really good, you should go to it. I'm saying summer school's really good, I'll be up there, you come with me. Well, they're the people who can't. So it's the priority. That you feel good, isn't it? Nice when you're told you've done the right thing by the preacher. Um, and so it's seen in your actions, but it's seen in your sermons as well. Uh, I, 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 we, we, ministers of the gospel need to keep on clarifying our minds and thinking and not being distracted. But one of the clarifications is the purpose of preaching and the, and the nature of sermons. Uh, for evangelicals, the sermon is always the gospel. We preach the gospel. That's what we do. That is our, every sermon is the gospel. Uh, it is not the gospel. It's not the word of God to this world to this day. It's always the gospel. Now, the gospel is a many-faceted uh, gemstone. Uh, that doesn't mean we always finish with John 3.16 and, and appeal, but there are some places that would actually improve if we did get John 3.16 occasionally, frankly. Uh, we are not there to educate people about the ancient world. We're there to preach the gospel. Now, if you are always preaching the gospel, your heart for the gospel will be seen. And the congregation's perception over time of what the world is about, of what church is about, what they're about, is the gospel. Well, if the gospel is your heart, then reaching the lost, be it in Sydney or uh, Canberra or be it in uh, uh, the ends of the world, is a natural flow-on into the activities of uh, life. And it's got to do with your heart in terms of, of people. You'll be concerned for the salvation of people. You'll be concerned for them in leading people to Christ. If you're not concerned actively to be leading people to Christ, then the congregation won't be concerned to actively lead people to Christ. So it is your evangelism which really sets the agenda for everybody else. At that point, I think it's important for the rector, for the pastor, for the leader of whichever congregation that you're in, to be the person who actually does the evangelism. I worked for the Department of Evangelism many years ago, and of course I was always a great friend and advocate ally and uh, a great student of John Chapman who spent his lifetime wandering around our churches evangelising for us. But it was a mistake to get him to do it. Because it was really important for the congregation to see our minister does the evangelism. Rather than every time we need to preach the gospel, we're going to bring an outside expert in. Because when you bring the outside expert in, it shows even you can't do it. Well, if you can't do it, don't ask me to do it. But if you see your minister up there fumbling along, trying his best he can to lead people to Christ, then it's much more likely that the congregation will be doing it as well. That it's not an outside expert's experience. I think we've vastly overstated the two references. 
to the evangelist in the New Testament. Uh, in fact, one of the references is to somebody who's not the evangelist, namely Timothy, being told to do the job of the evangelist. So to, to kind of put evangelism in the category of that's what the evangelist does, that's not evangelical thinking. That's not biblical thinking. That's not evangelism. I think it's a real mistake. Uh, not to say there aren't people who have got the great gift. And my experience of the late people in our churches who have got the gift, they are the most difficult people to pastor in the church, by and large, in, uh, in life's history. Uh, but you've got to model it in your very experience in ministry and in your sermons. It's the classic place to model it. And if you are not preaching to the congregation as if non-Christians are there, begging and pleading and calling and commanding them to come back to Christ, then you can't expect the congregation to see that as an activity that Christians are involved in. But if you're doing that, then that's what they will see, is how we relate. So, there's the kind of general pattern background. It's, it's good news. You don't have to be a great expert on something specialist here. Just be yourself as a thoroughgoing evangelical. It's bad news because if the sheep aren't interested in evangelism or world mission, what's that saying about you that you need to fix? Right? It's, it's like that verse, God looks upon the heart. I first heard that, I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was marvellous. Then I grew up and learned what my heart was like and I thought, that's awful. <laughs> in terms of missionary work, here are some tips I have done which don't necessarily have general applications at all. Number one, I only work with one missionary society, that is the Church Missionary Society. For lots of reasons, uh, it's the best. Um, this is not a paid commercial. Is it? <laughs> uh, it? It's the best society. It's, it's about the only society. It's one of the very few societies uh, it's not about individuals collecting up money from individuals to go and do an individual thing. It's about us as a group of churches and fellowships fellowshipping together to work together for a common cause. And that's reflected in the financial systems, it's reflected in the prayer systems, it's reflected in our summer school here, which is just a, a unique phenomenon around the world to have a diocese gathering together. And it's very hard having the preaching of the gospel to the world. It's just a wonderful thing, is our our society. But I also found it very difficult being in churches where you are advertising ten different societies because people didn't know where to put their money, where to put their prayers and there was rivalry and competitiveness and I now tell our people if you're interested in going out as a missionary you go out with CMS or we don't support you. It's as, as crude as that. I'm under pressure at the moment because I've got some, uh, some good friends who are going to BCA. And I think BCA is another one that might catch me like... Uh, and because CMS doesn't go and will not go where BCA goes, that gives me a problem. Generally, CMS will go anywhere <laughs> except Australia, and that's a problem. And so I may be breaking my own rule in the next 12 months, <laughs> but I don't want to, because it's much simpler just to have CMS as the one place to go to, and it's the best one as well. Um, it, it's it's much easier then too. I don't. We don't advertise all the missionaries. Uh, look around the walls, and there's so many of them, and dear friends, and they're doing terrific work elsewhere. The congregation can't cope. My experience is they can't cope with all the names. 
and you get the sensory overload. I worked as a, in a Angus and Cooks Jewelers uh, after one school holiday, and we were taught never put more than two items on the counter at the same time. And I was, I said, why is this? Because your people will steal. They said, no. If you put three, the customer always gets confused and walked away. But if you put two, they say, I like that more than I like that. And they can cope with two, but they can't cope with any more than two, says something about Sydney jewellery customers. Uh, it's a mindless, stupid waste of money. Uh, but if you put loads and loads of missionaries, people say, oh, and God bless all the missionaries. Whereas if you just take on your link missionaries, your five missionaries or something like that, six missionaries, people can get to know what the story is, what's happening, who they are, and can actually form a relationship with them enough to really feel like they are praying and concerned for this person. And across our whole fellowship, every missionary is being cared for by a variety of churches. It's not as if some poor missionary is not going to be prayed for because our church is only looking after this list. But we keep to our missionaries and make sure we spend time with them. Next is, uh, I never use missionaries to promote missionary work. I never use them as deputationists to preach so as to encourage people to world mission. Um, partly got to do with, uh, with all due respects, many of the best missionaries are very bad deputationists uh, and preach very poor sermons that do not do the job that we're going at. But it's mainly because of the John Chapman thing. I'm not calling a specialist to come and tell you about overseas. The thing I want to get you to go out as a world missionary is because I, the pastor, am caring for you and this is the best for you and the best for the world. It's not that somebody representing an organisation is telling you that this is the best. And I stand up and say, CMS is the best missionary society. That's ten times more powerful than the missionary employed by CMS coming and saying, CMS is the best missionary society. So I take it's my responsibility to lay the, the, the missionary call upon our congregation. It's not the missionary society. When our missionaries come, we want him to, and her to update us on what they're doing so we can be praying for them better. We want them to have fellowship and to have rest amongst us. And we fellowship with them in small groups and in meetings and in conversations and around the congregation and interview them out the front. But the person responsible for putting missionary agenda on the agenda of our church is me, not them. And I don't use them for that because I think it confuses the congregations. Next is, when you've only got one missionary society, also simpler on the giving. Uh, the envelope system was very simple. We've used seamless two-sided envelopes because it just constantly puts that. Unfortunately, or fortunately, we're now moving to electronic giving and unless you set up electronic giving in such a way as to make sure CMS is represented there, it falls off the agenda of people. And so you need to, to encourage people to give electronically to your church with a leaflet that has, this is our number and this is CMS's number, on the same leaflet so that we... Could see, because deep down, profoundly, I'm a believer in world mission and its expression, namely CMS, I'm not going to be putting out, this is the way to give to the cathedral. I'm going to be putting out, this is the way to give to the cathedral and CMS. This is the same thing. And by saying that, again, you see, your priorities are just seen in your actions. Last one is a Rich Hamlin one. I've never done this. I've never had the courage to do this. I only know it from... 
oral tradition. Uh, Rich Henning was a, a great minister of the gospel here in Sydney. Um, was a rector at Oakley, at Chatswood, at West Wollongong. Hands up those who have ever heard or knew Rich. Yes, most of us have to have help to get our hands up now. Uh, <laughs> Reg was a great one. Every church Reg went to, he he saw the uh, the giving in the congregation skyrocket. It's one of the characteristics. Every church he went to, but he never really talked much about giving to the church. He always talked about giving to missionaries. And so when Reg arrived as the rector of such and such a church, that's what Oakley, etc. He really put terrific pressure on the congregation to give and generally give sacrificially to world mission. Consequently, the local church giving rose up as well. To say nothing of, the missionary giving of those churches was massive. And you you can hear the priority of this man who did go out to uh, Africa uh, in his youth as a CMS missionary. Um, and I heard him speak up here at CMS uh, summer school one night on Elijah. He was a great preacher, was Rich. But his emphasis, you see, his, what he believed could be seen in the priority decisions he made. And his big priority decision was this church supports missions and supports CMS. And therefore, a whole host of other things just flowed on from it. So it's making missionary work, because we're evangelicals, at the very heart of who you are, what you are, that is kind of critical, I think, rather than attacking it, attaching it at the end of one of the many things we do in the society. We, you know, we support our mission society, we give money to the needy, we support this, we support what we see. And seeing this becomes one of those things at the end. I don't think that's evangelical ministry. I think evangelism drives everything. And therefore, seeing this is right up there at the front. <laughs>